0: Very second we're hype. So there was a fight announcement today, dude. Like I, ne- I never know when fight announcements are happening. I Crazy. used to be it, it, like control all that stuff, and now mm-hmm. I'm totally out of the loop. And like I knew about the fight, but hmm. dude, those two—that's a high level fight,
1: dude. It's nuts.
0: Those guys are both like complete studs.
1: I think on paper you see three and oh as a pro, and you automatically know like. That's the trajectory that the UFC is going to start looking for. That's the people that are on Dana White contender series are five, six, seven, and oh. It's that's those when the guys. radar
0: starts. Exactly. Yep.
1: But then you look at the other side. So, Victor Lepari, like that speaks well, for itself.
0: It's not just the radar starts there. If you're fighting the right guys, the mm-hmm. radar starts there. Mm-hmm. If you're three and 0, and you have guys that are like all debuts with poor amateur records and like maybe you're not on the radar. Yet. Right. But if you're fighting like solid guys, and you're 3 and 0 and you had a solid amateur career and like you had a or a dominant amateur career or like a one loss amateur career like mm-hmm. you're on their radar at that point
1: absolutely that's super true i'm trying to see if the video will look. yeah it's loading now it looks like i was getting an error on- yep yeah, we're good we're good um the other side of that lapari like 3 and 0 speaks for itself he's looking for ufc dreams cody matthews Somehow to me, like Lapart, like I said, speaks for itself. We're super hyped to have Victor. That goes without saying. Cody Matthews is the one you look at two and two and you're like, what is this like a journeyman kind of no, dude.
0: Dude, it's <laughs> he's like, such a stud. Yeah, absolutely.
1: He was, I think, six and oh as an amateur.
0: Or six and one. So maybe I, he had I don't a...
1: even maybe he had a loss. I thought he was I, undefeated.
0: I think he made a I don't know.
1: <clears throat> Either way, a stellar amateur career. And then one of his losses as a pro was in Bellator. No shame in that. We see it yep. happen to guys when they take that leap, maybe a little too early. And now he's or back.
0: You got to jump on the opportunity exactly. When it comes, exactly.
1: Right? Now he's coming off a huge head kick knockout victory, and like he wants to ruin Victor Lapari's spotless record. And I ruin. love that. I love that mentality. Wreck it. Wreck it. Wreck it. Rough it.
0: This is the show before the show. Just in case you're tuning in, uh, we're going official at twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just kind of letting the stream run, and making sure that when 12 Things o'clock rolls around, yeah, we're, we're rocking and go. rolling.
1: So if you guys are here early, thank you for that. Um, either you're just really ambitious or you received the push notification to your phone, which is also awesome. Thank you for having the 247 Live app on your iPhone or iOS device, the iPads, the – you can get it on a MacBook too, didn't you say? You can get it? Yeah, but it's like the iPad iPad version, version yeah. just scaled for a MacBook. That's cool. That's I didn't cool. even realize that. I mean, that's cool.
0: Didn't even realize that.
1: Get on Roku.
0: You got to bleed that.
1: I don't think we can. I don't think the push notification goes to Roku devices,
0: dude. I like. <laughs> I like when beer says
1: extra juicy. Yeah, like my booty boy. I'm gonna <laughs> recycle that joke. I
0: am. I'm <laughs> I a southern. Around. I'm a southern tier guy. I like their. I mean, I'm a. <laughs> Call me a...
1: First time I ever had a beer with you, you got it two times, Southern Tier two times. Yeah. You're like, I like that one. I know I like that one. It's consistent. It is. It's good. Yeah. This is a very beer nerd story, but I'll share it with you. You're you're really not going to care that much, but...
0: I already don't.
1: My friend <laughs> from college owned a brewery in Parkersburg, you West Virginia. You only had one. Yeah, it was the, my friend, yeah, singular, sad. from college, had a brewery. So my friend group in college was a bunch of beer nerds. Like, I had, 30 to, seconds. Get, had to get into craft beer just to hang with them one year we did an ipa blind taste test shootout we got 16 of the best ipas from all over the world like we were literally shipping beers getting these rare beers from up in new england that you can't get here and we did blind taste testing bracket style like sweet 16 brackets and southern tier two times made it all the way to the final four beat out all these giant all these yeah buddy surprised me man it definitely surprised it didn't win but it made the final four
0: it is officially noon.
1: Which means it's officially podcast time.
0: Podcast
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is going to be a cool episode, man. I've been having the calendar circled for this one for a while. This is an idea that we kicked around for a while. And just the more I thought about it, I'm like, we, I love having fighters and guests in here, obviously, but there's more to the 247 story than so many people know, more than I knew for sure. Sure. And you're probably going to say stuff today I didn't know.
0: Well, I, I see this as like a therapy session,
1: <laughs> which is why we have beer. The best kind of therapy involves beer for sure. Yeah. But you started 247 Fighting Championships in 2019. You It's almost coming up on exactly four years of business right now. Mm-hmm. You battled a pandemic. You battled some people who didn't want you to win. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm gonna just toss toss it to you. Just take us through. Why did you start Two Four Seven Fighting Championships? First of all, it's a bold risk right off the bat to just say I'm gonna start a regional
0: MMA promotion. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what it comes down to is I love MMA. I've always loved MMA. Like UFC won. Like that's me. Like I'm old. You know. <laughs> like I'm old enough to like when I was in high school. Like we got UFC. You know, I was a freshman and we were like, I was like, dude, I saw this in, I, I think it was from like, uh, I think they advertised in some kind of fantasy football, mag or I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it mm-hmm. was some kind of football magazine that Ultimate Fighting put a ad in and I saw it and I'm like, we got to do this. That's sweet. So like my friends in high school, we were at my girlfriend's house and so I've been that lifelong MMA fan and never got never really got into regional MMA mm-hmm. um, and you know back in 2016 um, Jim the matchmaker Jim Mooney and Dan Altieri and I went to UFC 203 and we were happened to be in the same um, the same, Hotel is all the fighters, and we we're like, we had the like, we went up on Thursday. We went to the press conference. We went to all that stuff, and we just had a blast. We were hanging out with the fighters the whole time, and I had this camera that was like, a, actually, it was those the same cameras as the ones. Oh, really? That nice. camera right there, the one that's on me. I had a camera like that. Nice. And um, I was, it's a nice camera, 4K in 2016. Yeah, dude, Ooh. those cameras have been around, bro. Ooh. Okay, so I'm like the fighters are getting off the buses and stuff, and we could probably like be well. This is live, but um, <laughs> yeah, I have all this footage of fighters coming off buses, and they're literally like, "Yo," they're acting like we're press like, like a legit cameraman exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so we just had a blast, right? So we're driving home, and I'm like, "This is what I like." I've had a career, done a bunch of different things in my business career, and it was all always like doing work that I got paid for, right? Right. And ultimately, it wasn't like the fun stuff I enjoy. And so I was like, I don't care what it is. Like, I have to start doing something productive with my passion for MMA. Like, mm-hmm. I love this stuff. So we started a blog, which was called Octagon 24-7, and we started a podcast, which is still around. Um, it's called MMA FanCast. Thriving, I would even say, and that and that was me and Jim and Dan was would make periodic appearances, and um, we did that podcast, and we just ha- we were just having fun with it, and started catching steam, and and then um, we were doing some Bellator shows and some stuff like that. We were just having fun,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it was cool because we were like on press row all of a sudden, and like it was yeah. fun.
1: That's awesome. That now the leap from that, though, that that's like dabbling in media things, doing some reportery things, going to events. What was the leap from that to actually
0: promoting? So along the way, we had covered um, a a show in Pittsburgh. It was a pinnacle show. And we also, before that went to Ohio show and covered that before we started like, Getting bigger to Bellator. What was the Ohio show? It was Caged Madness.
1: Oh, so that's what Cage Thunder turned into, right? It is, yes. Or that turned into Cage well, Thunder. I think
0: it was um, Caged Madness. Was the guy the the, the Randy's guy that, dad? Yes, right? Randy's yeah, yeah, dad yeah. ran it. Uh, that's awesome. I, just, I literally just learned that this that past just weekend. came full circle for you, yeah, exactly. So, so when I uh, when we went to that Cage Thunder, then we went to Pinnacle, then we started doing some Bellator, and then I am looking for a show in Pittsburgh, and there is like nothing going on. Mm. So I hit up the promoter for Pinnacle and I said, "Hey, dude, like, are you gonna have a show?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. Like, it's a lot of work, and like, I'm, I'm not really feeling it." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, let's get together." I convinced him for us to meet. We got together and I said, "Like, let's do this. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. We'll go fifty fifty. We'll, like, let's. Like, I'll do the work." Yeah. And so. We basically promoted a show together and then, like, went our separate ways after that. And then I, in the, in the coming months, I decided, like, I want to do this. So that's what we did.
1: That's awesome. I think when you look at the history of Pittsburgh MMA, and for sure, Pinnacle was vital to that. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was just starting as a reporter, when I was still in college writing for Bleach Report covering the UFC that's how I got in on the local scene. Like I was covering pinnacle events, talking to pinnacle fighters and ended up being a huge blessing because the Pittsburgh scene at the time was, you know, Comma, Milstead, Cherico, Mazar. Like it was guys that I am very glad I got to talk to that early. And even Cody Garbrandt, Like, when he Mm -hmm. got to the UFC, I think I was the first guy really talking to him and telling his story and stuff. Like, I felt cool. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, I knew you before you were you. (laughs) Like, it was one of those deals.
0: I knew you before you knew you. Exactly.
1: So I, like, felt super fortunate about being in that place at that time. So I understand, like, being involved in that scene could inspire somebody business-minded to be like, there's something here. Like, I need to be a part of this. And I didn't have, obviously, that side of things the way you do, but... How do you go from promoting pinnacle to doing your own thing? Like again, that's that a big was, step. That was a, that's big, a big step. step.
0: So, um, first and foremost, I was confident in doing it. I had to. I mean, my wife is very important,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if you if <laughs> I didn't have her buy in, like I wasn't doing it, right? So I at, at first I didn't have her buy in, and then somehow I we were on vacation. It was in July of two thousand seventeen. And I basically like was test testing the waters and I said, I think I'm going to, I think we can do this. Yeah. And the, 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 the tone changed. And so it was kind of more of like, okay, like, like let's explore. And so from that July, I think it was July until we had a show in April, like there, that was when we, a cage like found a cage and bought it and like Ethan like a lot of people wonder like you know how did all that go? Like how did like Ethan Goss helped us find the cage like um he knew a guy we we talked to a bunch of people we me I talked to a bunch of people at the time it was just myself right there was no we um but I talked to a bunch of people and and went down that path of like finding the way how do we do this Mm -hmm. and and when uh when i promoted with matt at at pinnacle like matt taught me a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. like the plan was always to like help pinnacle like mm-hmm. i never had a plan to like do anything myself but different people have different ideas and different ways of doing stuff and it just wasn't like it wasn't gonna be a long term fit, and we both realized that, and like we went our separate ways, and like that's what Spurn, you know, brought on starting two four seven.
1: Right, Matt. I, I think Matt's a guy that you talk about to anybody in the space, and everybody knows Matt. Like the mm. the roots that he's developed and put into Pittsburgh MMA and Pittsburgh fighting, especially boxing, even more so. Like he's huge. I think for the all same, of it. Yeah, seriously, all, all of it. He's involved, and, and
0: he's not just like one aspect. He's training. He's mm-hmm. he actually did some fighting. Exactly. He, he's he's promoting. He's gym owner. He's he he's done everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's responsible for a lot of what's happening for sure. And I think you know he deserves a lot of respect. I still wear my Southside boxing shirt all the time. Obviously, that I, I kind of do it to jab you a little bit too. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't.
0: I don't have any, I don't know if he does or not. He's yeah. been to shows, he's cornered people. We're not like like we're n- I don't know that we'll ever be best friends. Right. I don't have any hard feelings towards him. I I mean, ultimately like it's I don't it doesn't bother me anymore. Let's because this
1: is an interesting conversation. Like you don't always have to be best friends with everybody to get along and coexist, like especially in business, it's just not going to happen. Even recently, we just uh, we'll even peel back the curtain on this a little bit. Like we just announced that Strip District Meats sponsorship, right? We had Steve Dawson in here with Fat Butcher for a podcast. We're talking to him for a long time, like approach them for a sponsorship, they were not in a place to sponsor, and then Strip District Meats came up like Danilo introduced us to Strip, strip District Meats. I was like, "Well, this is perfect because I always love Strip District Meats too." But like that's the kind of thing I'll still go buy a smash burger at fat butcher. Like I don't hate them now just because they sponsor it. Like it doesn't have to be like that. We yeah. can all coexist and it's totally fine. So I think that's how, but there's like, some people that don't view it that way. exactly, And, th- and exactly. that's unfortunate yeah. to
0: me. And just to be straight up, like there was Nicole Castillas tried to put things in, in place that, would make it hard for us and literally Mm -hmm. told me like, don't you dare trying to do, try to do that or I will destroy you. Yeah. And has from that day forward, put her foot down and tried to sabotage anything we're doing. Tries to make us be bad guys. Tries to like make an issue of (laughs) every single thing. (laughs) And it used to eat me alive. Like the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I would eat me alive. I like, Kama and I have become genuinely, like, pretty good friends. Yeah. And that's why it's so funny when she tried, like, she tried to make it sound like we were doing something bad against Kama. That was wild. Because there was, like, n- at no point did Kama not <laughs> know, know what was going happen- on. Exactly, um, But she plant, she's always tried to plant negative seeds with fighters and coaches and it's been from day one and she literally told me she was going to do it um and it was di- like she did make it hard at for and now when things like that happen it's like comical we laugh about it
1: yeah i think i i mean i had the same progression you know like when i first started i was like i'm gonna call Nic- like i'll resolve this i yeah, know nicole the- i've worked <laughs> with her like this is not a big deal and she was not having any of the apology tour by any means she basically said yeah i don't associate with it she first acted like she didn't know i was working for 247 at all which i've come to find out she generally knows what we're doing it seems like and uh and then she was like yeah like we're not cool anymore essentially i'm like i guess that's how it is
0: and then she vilified you for sure like she did yeah
1: i mean that's exactly what she did with that comma fight i mean trying to set up a legit fight with Antonio Castillo and caught like, that's a huge fight for the region at the time. Like that would have been massive for both guys' careers. It was a rematch. that needed to happen.
0: And Tony wanted it. Tony wanted it. <laughs> yeah. And she I, was the one. And that- I
1: love Antonio Castillo. I mean, I'll say good things about him. Like that dude takes the toughest fights. He is, he, when all is said and done 10 years down the line, I want people to still be talking about him because he's genuinely important for the region and, and the scene.
0: Listen, I, I to be honest, I saw how Nicole was when I worked with her, but I got along with her when we worked at, when we were at Pinnacle together. Yeah, and there were no beefs, no issues. It's when I went off and left, mm-hmm. and then I contacted her and said, "Hey, we're I'm I'm starting this up." And yeah, yeah. now we get DMs about memes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want to talk about memes? <laughs> so so that was um, genuinely a huge hurdle to get over at the beginning. Is like. We had someone who was influential that was trying to sabotage us and, like, worked hard at it Yeah, and still tries. It's kind of sad now at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, trying to... What was... The meme was... The, <laughs> the most recent thing, because she blocks us. She doesn't... She blocks anyone that, like, contradicts her. So, like, Ethan Goss had, like... Spoke like he, she had posted something negative about us, and then Ethan Goss saw it and posted in that post, mm-hmm. and she just blocked him. But anyway, um, that was a while ago. That's but the hilarious. most recent thing is the meme. Oh, I love that. So, the whole thing was Netflix had the series about Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah, and everyone, like, everyone was doing memes about the, yeah. that show, and Hunter did one, a meme about that show. I and thought then, it was good. And and that this was a like, high-quality meme, in my opinion. This was like in when it, the show was out. Was it September, October? Something? Yeah, yeah,
1: something like that. Okay. It was right after we launched 247 Live. It was like even topical to having 247 Live now. I was like, dude, this is perfect. Like, this is a meme storm. I love it. Yeah, yeah. so
0: there's all these memes. out. Everyone's doing these memes. All business. Mm. Like, everyone's doing these memes. Hunter does one. Well, just like a week or two ago, <laughs> she must have been, like, Facebook stalking us. And she says, like, like someone sent this to me that was irate
1: yeah yeah just peeling back to october on our post to randomly find a
0: meme sounds sounds yeah. like something fighters do in their spare time for sure so ultimately <laughs> like she's bashing us saying that we are um li- uh memorializing or like lifting up a serial killer like, yeah
1: making him yeah exactly
0: like like we're trying to be jeffrey dahmer fans or something.
1: i mean i have his glasses so that's fair like you can tell his influence <laughs> his influence is strong here for sure but yeah i mean and we only talk about that a because it is kind of fun to vent cheers bro it is fun to vent about it but b like that was a real hurdle and I've heard it even since I've been involved for, like, the past year and a half. I've heard ripples of this still with some fighters. Like, uh, I've heard bad things. Like, I've been told not to fight for you guys. And then I approach them, you know, what have you heard? Tell me more about this. Mm -hmm. And they'll explain it, and it's always super easy to debunk. And one thing that I'm always really proud of that I love, like, this is my favorite thing of being involved, is when a fighter fights for us and then is like, dude, I'm literally not fighting for anybody else unless it's Bellator or the UFC, like, I didn't realize you guys did things the way you do it. Like, I had kind of heard from some people who, like, call me Goss and thank you both a lot. Like, having influential pros in the area be on our side is huge, obviously. Like, they've heard people say good things, but until you fight for us, you don't really understand.
0: Well, I think that she planted this, that that there are certain people, even people that like us now, that have, like, this uneasy, like, they think we're really up to no good or i'm up to no good or mm-hmm. anyone associated with us is up to no good um but
1: I, and let's be honest regional combat sports not just mma boxing whatever like it's a shady business for sure like the history of this industry is one of shadiness mm-hmm. like it's reasonable to be on high alert and, in but, this industry but
0: if you look at what The truth is and what we've done and how we've behaved and what the actual truth of the matter is like we've been nothing but uh, uh, trying to lift up the sport and help everyone. And and ultimately, like it is what it is. Yeah. But
1: that only. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say that can only go so far. So you're getting through this initial hurdle. You know, the the joys of launching a promotion in general are difficult. You're getting off the ground. You're having. I think you had two shows. We're in. We're in huge debt. Right. So exactly. to get started. Yep. Yep. That startup cost. You're getting off the ground. You're getting rolling. You got a big show lined up for March twentieth, twenty twenty. Nineteenth. March fourteenth. Fourteenth. Yeah. And what happened on that day, Ryan Middleton?
0: So, um, well, so the debt. Okay. So we, we racked up a bunch of debt to get the get the promotion launched and this braunberg three was going to be the show that took us out of debt like we were gonna like be in the green now and that was exciting for me because you know until you're like we, we were we were profitable but like not profitable enough in three shows to offset the, to start, offset yeah, the right. startup. offset the right so super exciting and then you know all this stuff starts happening with COVID Mm. and it's scary and we get to fight week and there's stuff that's like, it's scary. Mm -hmm. And we get to weigh-ins and like everything's still a go. (sighs) And we're like, totally like, let's just get through this day. Let's just get through this day. And, um, Saturday, this is the, why I said it's like, I'm being dead serious. This brings back like, Really difficult emotions, and really di- like this was a bad time. Like, mm-hmm. this was awful. This was as, as I mean, I went through a death of a child, and this is not to that level, but it's pr- it's not, it's it's raw, it's emotional, it's it was bad. Yeah. It was it was like to the brink of like depression and like all of these things that I've never experienced in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So the the weigh-ins happen, everything goes smooth. The one hiccup we had with weigh-ins was the venue started getting antsy, like with this whole COVID thing mm-hmm. that no one knew about. So the venue says to me, "What do you think about calling it off?" I'm like, "No, we're not calling it off. Are you crazy?" Mm. Like, and and I was like, "I'm not canceling it. No." Yeah. And um, so then. The, the, the Saturday morning comes, and that was the weigh-ins were the 13th, and the fight was on the 14th. I'm hoping I'm getting these dates right. I think March 14th was the day that. Whatever shutdown, right? day the world shut yeah.
1: down is the day your show. Yeah.
0: So March 14th rolls around, and it's morning, and I get a call from Greg Serb, who's the executive director of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission. And he says, we're we are uh we're not he he basically says we're not allowed to have a crowd. Yeah. And so the show's off. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. If we don't have a crowd, can we still have the show? We were set up. It wasn't costing me anything more. Else, so yeah. why not have the At show least let them fight yeah. without the crowd? And he basically said, Yes, we can do that. So I'm like, okay, well... <laughs>
1: I didn't know this.
0: This, this is new to I me. I was like, this sucks, but at least we can have the show. He calls me back like 15 minutes later and says, it's off. He says, the governor just shut everything down. Part of me thinks, like looking back, that it was just like... The, the, I never saw any announcement from the state that day that shut everything down. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it was them or not, but maybe it was just the State Athletic Commission. It's hard to say. Decided, but ultimately we were shut down and I was like sick as can be and had to tell um, everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately... (sighs) We have uh, for we still do it the same way, like have a Facebook group with all the corners in there. And I had to let them know. And like I basically explained like this is happening live. I don't have answers. I don't know. So here's the thing. Like when when you set up for a show, you're putting all these bills on credit cards. And like so the credit card bills are like uh, the cost of one of our shows is around fifty thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, and Capital One doesn't care about COVID. Yes.
0: <laughs> at the time we were probably uh, we were probably doing shows at about $35,000 a show, 40,000 somewhere in that in mm-hmm. that range. Not all of those costs are put on credit cards, so maybe 25,000, 20,000 put on a credit card and then when the money comes in, you pay that off and then you move on to the next show.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: when I got um, the fighters consignments taken care of. Like I have a I have cash that I'm gonna pay these credit card bills off with. And so when they were like canceling the show, like I have to refund all of these tickets. And I'm like I can't I, I can't do it. Like I don't have the I don't have the that money spent. Like yeah, it's gone. It doesn't I, exist. So I'm like I need to figure out like first of all like I'm literally ch- canceling Nineteen million things. That Mm. day was absolute, and and Jim was a wall. (laughs) Jim, what? (laughs) So Jim's the matchmaker. This is also I can't get a hold of him. I'm like in this by myself. It was so bad, and and so the 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 corners, like this is all like COVID. This is all like no unheard of. Like I feel like. People thought that I had something to do with like canceling it, which the last thing in the world that I wanted to do was cancel this show. Like, it makes the least sense I for needed, you to
1: cancel this show. I needed
0: nothing more than this show to take place, right? Per, like, from a financial standpoint, from a business standpoint, on
1: every level, every level. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, um, but there were a lot of emotions and the corners. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was literally at the venue trying to sort things out. And I'm getting these text messages, these messages from the group, like we want answers. And like, it, it was, yeah. it, I couldn't even deal with that. And I'm looking, I'm like, I, I, I'm i literally juggling 9,000 things. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible, but we had essentially worked really hard um, to build up this promotion. Right. And to do these things. And it all came crashing that day. It was
1: absolutely yeah. A couple important notes I think on this are that at that time, like it this is an easier conversation in retrospect to like decide what you should have been doing. Like try to remember what that time was like. Nobody knew what to do on any level. Nobody on any level in any industry nobody knew how to react. Like can, I remember we were getting groceries delivered to our house <laughs> through Instacart because we didn't want to go to the grocery store. We're like, are we even Like, is going in public going to kill me right now? Yeah. Literally, like, that was the thought process. Do we need to just stay away from everybody? Nobody knew what to do. So when you talk about, like, you having nine, like, I know now the things that you need to run a show, the amount of things you have to schedule, reschedule, cancel, this and that, insane. And then on top of that, you've got fighters who, to them, the most important thing is getting their friends and family refunded, getting whatever covered that they need, and they think... They are the center of that world, and you have to do this for me right now, like immediately. And there I'm, was no time given. Right, like, and I'm not even saying that to. school. That's how I would have reacted to. That's how everybody was reacting. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted
0: answers right now, but there were no answers. I, I didn't have answers. Yeah, I, literally, I, I, I was complete one heartbroken. Like, yeah. and two, the reality is. We were done. Like we couldn't come back oh, yeah. from this. So yeah. the show that was supposed to take us out of debt, put us in greater debt than we've ever had. And it, we had no way to handle that. Like did- there was no financial means to do that. It didn't exist. It was on Saturday night. Did you think two, four, seven fighting was over? So I don't know if you know this or not. <laughs> um, my whole family, literally, we have a king size bed in our bedroom. And my wife and I and my kids, all three boys, mm-hmm. were all on my bed, like, crying because we were done. There was no way, like, we, there was no, we were, it was so bad.
1: What were I, you thinking that, Like, if 247 fighting was done, now there, there's a lot of debt that still needs paid back, first of all. Were you just thinking like up and getting? File for bankruptcy? Back, yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, like I, by that time in the day, so this all happens maybe at nine o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning, something like that. I had conversations with a couple different people. I I, I talked to, yeah. I talked to Isaac Greeley. I let him know like what happened and that I don't know what I was gonna do because yeah. like I I. I can't afford to refund everyone. It, like there's no f- possible way to do that. And I'm like, I I'm going to have to like give out vouchers or something. I don't know. Like, and if we want to still exist, like I can't refund. I, I just can't like, there's no way to make that work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just trying to figure out exactly like how this could even work. And in that day happen And then like, the pro fighters wanted paid. Of course. And uh and I'm like I'm thinking like, I don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no money. And so by, by like five o'clock, the heat got so bad that I was just like, I'll worry about this later. And I just refunded everyone and paid everything back. And like I have to figure it out later uh, because it was the heat was yeah, it was pretty. Like I couldn't do
1: it. And, And I really can't emphasize this enough is like that was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. And when you revisit it now, it seems easier to manage. But like you have to put yourself back in that March 14th, 2020 mentality. And like how you react is all valid. There was no wrong way to react to that situation because you heard like unprecedented times. It became the crazy buzzword, but it truly was there was no handbook for how to deal with a pandemic and running well, a business like that aspect of it and how it shut everything
0: down nobody knew what to do like yeah that. i mean so it was funny like the 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 away fighters were more more understanding that Liz, we don't have control of this mm-hmm. like there was more anger towards us from the the hometown guys and it was it was difficult like let's be it was honest. just straight up like I wasn't I, I was kind of upset with sure how that was all taking place I wasn't uh, I I thought it was very unfair and like all I asked for was some time
1: yeah and and let's be honest like we we talked about in the beginning like you were the new guy in town and. Some people wanted a
0: reason to hate you from the jump. Yep. And, and, and that was a perfect and, opportunity. And and she jumped on that opportunity. Of course. So she rallied people um, and told people, like, they needed to, like, just give me some time. Yeah. That's yeah. all I have.
1: There's no handbook that. for handling that. So you're on. That's powerful, by the way. That imagery of being on the bed with your entire family, Dude, just breaking
0: it, down like that's. It was yeah, that's so crazy. bad. I mean, literally we're, we were all, I, if you realize how much time, energy, effort we put into something that we're not like even trying to profit from. Yeah.
1: And also knowing if you've been to a show or been involved with us, how involved your family is with the show. It's not like you go run a show and they stay at home watching Real Housewives. It's our family.
0: Yeah. They're all involved. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we like, Yeah. All of us sitting on that bed, literally, it wasn't like it was like me telling them, like, guys, I, I, we're, I don't, we can't come back from this. Like, mm-hmm. there's, if it wasn't for alone. loan, that's what I was going to ask.
1: Obviously, you did come back. So, what was the how? How long after Saturday did you decide it, it wasn't done? It wasn't over. I mean, my heart was
0: like couldn't accept that. Yeah. When could your wallet accept that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the big question. So, um, like, obviously a credit card, like, you don't have to pay it right away. Like, mm-hmm. So there was a time period where, you know, we were paying credit card fees and stuff. But we got a loan from, um, like, an EIDL loan that we still owe money on. Nice. Um, That it was a $30,000 loan that basically allowed us to not go out of business. Wow. Um, And that we would have went out of business if it wasn't for that. That's
1: amazing. And that also highlights, I think, a lot of people look at regional MMA in general or MMA in general and just think that we're like raking in cash. Like it's just this super, so. like, why can't you pay us? Like, why is this? Why can't we get six nights of a hotel or whatever? Like, clearly you can afford it. I've been to your shows. They're good crowds. A thirty thousand dollar loan saved you. That's in the grand scheme, that's not a lot of money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of business, pretty small loan. So that's what kind of margins region we're well, talking about. You
0: can't take a a, a forty thousand, forty two thousand dollar hit in one day. Right. You can't, right? Um, especially when you're not in the green yet. Like if mm-hmm. we had been a, a, a promotion that had been that. Verbally go off. I, okay. I heard it. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be off. It was it on there? Or, okay, I don't know. How to turn that off. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it was it was supposed to. What was I saying? When you weren't in the green yet, you oh, can't yeah. If yeah. if you had been a, a prom, if we had been a promotion that been around twenty years, we could have taken. We, you don't want to take that, hit. of course. But you can take a hit like that because you've been around. Like we're not even in the like we're not even profitable yet we can't take that hit like it's just not possible so you go from bag
1: it up it's over it's done to okay i think it was like the next day like we got to figure out how to not do that and then you get a loan that enables you to actually carry out that plan but you're still in the red
2: now you have a
1: loan on top of that a big loan and you have a lot of not so goodwill in the community from how that all went down.
0: Yeah, that was that was the hardest part. Like that was the hardest part for Denise for my wife. Yeah. Was the the attacks, mm-hmm. like the like venom. Like we were literally being vilified for something that we had no control. And and people were saying awful, nasty things and it was really hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the part where like, you know, I feel bad. Like, I feel bad that my family had to go through that. Right. And and that was and mainly my wife. My mm-hmm. kids were kind of oblivious to it, but my my wife would see those posts. She would see the emails. She would see the nastiness that this all caused. And mm. and and was like, yeah, I agreed to this in July of 2016. Like, I didn't sign up for this.
1: Yeah, this isn't
0: what like, we. This said, isn't man. what we are like trying to create like this great MMA thing and provide opportunities and, and we're just being crapped on. And there was no shortage of people that were willing to take shots at us. It was, it was bad. Yeah. And and there were people that took shots at us that I've since made amends with, but there were people that took shots at us that like we thought we like wouldn't do that. For sure.
1: And, my personality is one like I don't harbor ill will for anybody. I don't. I really don't care. Even you know we were talking about Nicole earlier. Like I would get dinner with her. I'm, I'm not enemies with her. It's fine. Like I, I really would not get dinner, dinner yeah, with I know. Like I don't draw.
0: I don't care. I understand I, everybody's for a long their own time. Thing. I would have. Yeah, yeah. And I, tr- I was willing to, but it just got past that point. Yeah. But there
1: still is this feeling, and I know exactly what you're saying because I feel it too. It the the most docile negative comment gets me a little bit about 247 even if it's valid it's like i just don't like seeing people talk negatively because i know how hard we work and i know what we're building towards but that comes with the territory to a degree but to your point it was at an all-time high and probably an unfair high at that point
0: oh yeah it was it was bad and it was like do we want to come back from this do we want to try to yeah that's what i'm getting at so what made you push through that then too Because
1: it's one thing to come back financially and run a show, but you know, especially in a community like Pittsburgh,
0: if they're not on your side, it's not going to work. Dude, I knew we had something. Yeah. I knew we had something. Yeah. And I knew that, like, my drive to make Pittsburgh MMA great and to provide opportunity, like, I knew we had something. And I I just, I don't, there was, I was just determined, like, part of me was like it was about me but like I wasn't gonna let this tear us down yeah like if it if we were gonna fail it was gonna be because of us not because of outside circumstances
1: I mean it did obviously it wrecked so many businesses we still see businesses today that aren't what they used to be and they're going. affected exactly like, there's we're businesses going
0: out of business it. now because, because of, of that, that. yeah yep.
1: that hung on a little bit but now it's just too much. So now we're in a place where obviously we're growing. We always talk about 2023, like this is our growth year. We have a lot of big plans happening. Obviously, people paying attention to this April card can see that it's nuts. It's going to be huge for us, but there's a lot in between there, man. How much from the COVID show that shut down, then you started having shows without crowds. (laughs) What changed
0: there? Oh, so maybe you don't know this. I don't. So things opened back up okay. in 2020, mm-hmm. and it opened back up like midsummer, mm-hmm. and so we planned a show for October. Mm. Okay. We planned two shows. No, for November. We planned a show for the day before Thanksgiving and the Saturday after Thanksgiving, both in Monroeville, two nights. two. This was going to help us get our feedback under us. Sure. Right? This was gonna, but the problem with having one show was one, they weren't letting, they were letting like seven fights or eight fights on a show. Mm-hmm. Two, they were, um, there were some restrictions. There were lots of crowd restrictions too. Sure. So we had to space out and do all this stuff and okay. and and follow a bunch of. So you had one full card,
1: but you had to split it in two, basically. We had
0: a big, like, we basically said we need to plan two shows. The venue was gonna let us like, like have the have the venue for the cost of one so we weren't having to pay two different shows like it was a way for us to get our feet back under us or at least try to get yeah partial feet back under us
1: and when you think about it like the venue had to be hurting too the state had to be hurting everyone from, was everyone hurting. was hurting everyone nobody was, hurting. was winning in this situation and,
0: and and i think the venue would like couldn't have anyone else in and no one was having shows, so to have a show where they'll they'll get concessions, they'll mm-hmm. get alcohol sales, they'll get some of that was like, Yes, Anything. we'll do whatever you yes. want, like yeah. whatever you want. Right. Um, and so what <laughs> so at that time, two three weeks before the show, Allegheny County has a no crowds. Like Oh my God. So I had paid. <laughs> oh my God. I never knew this. So I had paid for these shows now and hotel, like, have all the things that the cost of a show, which, by the way, like, before coming into this, like, you always thought, you know, it, could, it can't be that much. And then you see all the costs mm. and you're like, well, this it's is crazy. Nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is nuts.
0: So we we had the show and or we had the, we we had all these things we paid for in addition to that we had to pay for covid tests which at the time was like $129 per test that we had to pay for all fighters in all corners we had like $5000 in covid test costs it was absolutely crazy so we we got to the point where they closed the the um, the show off to a crowd and I'm three weeks out and I just faced the like a lot of heat and now we're in this position again and Ugh, dude. dude it was so bad dude it was like uh, it was just unbelievable. so I, I basically said to the fighters, listen they did it again they did it again we're, we're they're cutting off the crowd. I need to know if you guys want to fight or not because we're not going to have a crowd. We'll do it all on pay-per-view. But when it comes down to it, if, if you guys aren't in for it, I I'm not in for it because I'm about to spend a bunch more money. I'm willing to do it, but this is a huge loss for us already. And I'm going to lose more if we have it. So I need to know that you guys are in, and you guys are fighting and you'll push the pay-per-view and do all that stuff. And they said they still wanted to fight. So we had the show because I didn't want that heat again. Even though we got that heat again from crowds and like people mad, like that we re, we we vouchered all of those tickets because this time we did protect ourselves a little bit and said if anyone does anything with crowd, your tickets are not gonna be refunded. You're gonna get vouchers. Right. And and because that's
1: what the highest level people were doing at the time too. I remember like getting you get concerts tickets, and, yeah, concerts and things. You would well, get a voucher. They weren't refunding you.
0: But you can't no, afford to do you it. You can't. You cannot do it if you want. So we 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 not only still had the show and gave them vouchers and and let them all watch the pay-per-view for free. Anyone who bought tickets, we gave them the pay-per-view for free.
1: Oh, wow. Nice. So
0: we didn't even get like extra money. They they everyone benefited cuz they still got about Anyway, it was just, it was a lot. How did you not just quit right I then? Don't in November, I'm a, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I literally, I don't know. It was so bad. That's crazy. So it was like, listen. Once we got through that, it was like, if we can get through that, guys, there's like, we can get through anything. Let's do that. Like, it was actually motivating to have those back-to-back shows. On we have a we had a double header, so Mm -hmm. again we Mm -hmm. need to find any ways we can to generate more revenue because we are so far in debt and still are, but we were so far in debt that like we need so we had a double show, um, afternoon evening double header. Um, There were still a lot of restrictions with crowd size and all that stuff, and then once once things got back to normal, it was like, yeah, but but the thing was. I wasn't willing to, I was never willing to cut the cost of a show to like, try to make up that revenue because like, I'm, I like the most important thing to me is to do things at a high level.
1: I think your pride with the two, four, seven brand is really understated. I think people who are close to you know it, but. I don't think the people at large really understand what that means because you're not tuned in on that level. Like when you go to a Steelers game, you're not paying attention to the production and the camera angles and things like that. You don't care about that. You're there to watch the Steelers play the Ravens or whatever. When you go to our fights, you're there to watch fights. But when you really think about it, and especially if you travel and go to other regional shows, you'll you'll get a sense for what we're talking about. But your attention to detail is nuts. Like I've never experienced anything like it, to be honest. So I think that what you're saying, like I wasn't willing to scale back just because I had to. That's a big reason, I think, why we are where we are now, because you never took that step back to where now we have to go, you know, six steps forward. We're still marching forward the entire time. And just gathering debt with us along the way.
0: <laughs> well, we're not gathering debt anymore. We're just yeah. We're, at, the we're time, chipping I mean, away at the time, at the yeah. time, yeah. I, mean, I you, mean,
1: you could have saved money by saying there's there's no live stream, the sound, like you know whatever it is. We're going to scale back. There's no walkouts. There's no nothing like getting the cage and fight because
0: I can't afford anything else. But well, you didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, part of part of what I thought was missing from regional MMA is the UFC feel like the show feel mm-hmm. like. And so I wanted people to feel like they were at a show mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a, uh, you know, a, a gym with some fights. Yep. And so, um, even if you watch the video from steel town throwdown, which was the first show when I joined the broadcast crew, Bubba at the time and, and Luke and uh, did a post fight interview. Even when you look at that, I, I said, like, I wanted to create, like, I wanted yeah. there to be the feel of, like, a mini UFC and, yep. like, that, that, you know.
1: And, and it's so- there for sure. I mean, I, I'm laughing because when you mentioned
0: Bubba, all I can think of is his call.
1: He put him on his
0: ass or whatever he <laughs> said. He said something ridiculous. That, with- was, um, that was not at that show. <laughs> uh, that, was dang, it. that was That was the at, next one. That was the uh, okay. Brawl in the Berg.
1: Yeah, Commas Knockout. Bubba had a hilarious call of that. So that just made me laugh, but that's apparent and that's I'll say that's my second favorite compliment is besides people, coaches, fighters, especially like blue corners. It means a lot too when a blue corner is like we've been all over the place and we would love to come back to you like that's huge. That's I love that. Yeah, that that is
0: that is the and and part of so. There's some strategy involved with everything we do and 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 part of bringing you on uh, wasn't just like we talked. We were just we just Mm -hmm. talked with someone earlier and we were talking about like his media presence and our goal of like becoming more media oriented. Right. Um, but also like, so because of those experiences, we had this, like this, um, negative energy pointed towards us. Mm -hmm. And, and I knew you were a very likable, like, like the, the community at large, like liked you. And so when we, when we brought you on, knowing that we needed someone to help us repair um the negative feelings that I didn't feel like we deserved yeah to kind of m- mend those i think that was i mean that was strategic you were very like l- liked person there's there's no reason to not like you until you became on the promoter side <laughs> until you meet me in person no no, no what, yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, there's like that whole like Oh, they work for a promotion, like one hundred percent. And you yep. face some of that
1: Absolutely. yourself. Yep, I hear it. I mean, it's my personality too to be able to roll with those kind of punches. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, you can talk shit on me. It's not, you really can't bother me much. But like the positive stuff affects me way more, and I, and I love that. I was actually just listening to James Harrison on Simon Arias' podcast, and he said that Dick LeBeau had a famous saying. And it's probably not Dick LeBeau's, but LeBeau said it a lot like never let the highs get too high and never let the lows be too low like you yeah, have to stay in even the center. Keeled. And for whatever whatever it is my upbringing whatever it is that's just how I am in general and I'm very thankful for that. But I wanted to to point out like in this growth period where we're going and these compliments like that all feels great but my second favorite compliment to get back to the production is when people say you guys feel like a mini UFC, man. Like that, dude, that's the coolest. When guys have gone to regional promotions and they're like, nobody but you does it like this regionally. I'm like,
0: you're you're damn right, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing is like, I really genuinely feel like um, we can compete with anyone dollar for dollar on any aspect of MMA outside of Bellator and UFC right I think I don't think there's anyone in the United States that does a better job than us at a, a lot of the things we do even I I, I I would say you know I think LFA and CFFC and like all the people that are on fight pass do a great job with production um and and I would say they do like better than us yeah for sure that's totally fair to say but we do more with less yep. is what i'm 100% and 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 i would venture to say if we had fight pass money that we would we do would surpass them yep totally agree um but we don't have fight pass money and and the reason we don't is because we're trying to build up this area so that there are more pros that are worthy of of being you know featured right
1: Right. and
0: and once that happens i feel like the sky's the limit i don't even know if we need fight pass at that point i don't think so i think we can build something on our own platform that builds us up now granted we're going to always look at our options right of course but um you know fight pass wants five ten years of being in business before and and we don't got that kind of time. Let's
1: do this. We're doing it right Let's now. let it Why, now. I mean, we have 247 Live now. It's our Fight Pass. The other side of that is like Fight Pass owns the footage. Fight Pass control. Like they can market it however they want. They can post it however we want. The way we've elected, we control everything, mm-hmm. which can be good or bad. But in our sure. case, when we are attentive, when we care, when there's passion, when we surround ourselves with the right team, it's a recipe for big success, I think. And we're seeing that for sure already. And dude, this I keep saying it, and it's really not a plug, but the April card is really a uh, showcase
0: of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I just think that um, from a promoter's perspective, not everyone thinks like a promoter, so I have to like preface this with that. When you put cards together and you have cards like every two months or so, there's not enough guys that sell a lot of tickets to put them all on one card you're you're kind of like or there's um or there's there's kind of spaced out with like oh this guy sells a lot and this guy sells a lot but they're on different times ta- yep. like we have a lot of guys that sell tickets all on one card that are you know big ticket sellers and that's going to translate to an atmosphere. That I don't think we've seen. I honestly... Yeah, I don't think so either. So just to put it in perspective, when we we track everything, when we start tracking online ticket sales, it's at the 35-day mark. Mm -hmm. 35 days before a show is when we really start to track day by day. Yep. Normally, at the 35-day mark, the tickets we sell prior to that... We are still like 55 days out from a show, from the, that April show, and we are like seven or eight times higher at this point than we ever have been in ticket sales online because people don't buy tickets online right. for regional shows until like a week couple off. weeks out. Yep. Yep. And then the last week is like crazy. Right now, <laughs> it's nuts. Man. There's there might not be a last week. Seriously, it, it's that's it, yeah, that's it's not really talk. encouraging. And there's a there, there's a kid on this card, Victor Lapari, who has just beast. like he's probably going to break. I mean, he's going to break the single most tickets that anyone's ever sold for a show within the next day or two. Yep. He's
1: what he's done is incredible. He's a local kid from Houston. PA, obviously, Mm -hmm. like right beside the meadows, and his just all out blitz on ticket sales has been nuts. But to your point, it's not just him. That's like that's what's made this one so insane is that we yeah, like some shows where it's like comma, you know, comma carries comma sells a lot. That's not gonna surprise anybody. But if Kama carries it, or like Jake Lowry carries it, but then like there's a bit of a drop off after that. Or, there's dudes right on Lapari's tail yeah, too so, on this one. So,
0: so a lot of times, you know, we could have, uh, you know, Kama carry the card, or Justin Patton carry a card, or Ethan got like we have Victor Lapari, he could carry the card. Mm-hmm. We have Miguel Francisco, he could carry the card. We have. Justin Patton, Patton. he could carry the card. We have who Lee, Mm. who could legit carry Mm. the card. Now, now, there was a time where you had guys like Mark Cherico, who would literally sell a ton of tickets. Dominic Mazzotta, who would sell a ton. We're talking numbers that almost double our record, right? Right, but. like we don't have those guys anymore and like our scale is different than it was back then but we have a lot of other guys that are selling more than you know yeah i think overall it, and i think we sell tickets by ourselves more totally than agree. more than it used to be or more than average
1: yeah i mean if you look at like the online sales versus consignments we're close now i mean traditionally it's consignments that's how Mm -hmm. regional mma stays in business but our online sales are good like we do a good job on our own of just getting people interested and talk to people all the time i'll when we get orders we can see their address and everything um as part of the data that we collect when you check out and if somebody's really far away and doesn't choose a fighter i'll i'll email them like i'll reach out and be like how'd you hear about us like what what brings you to pittsburgh for the show and a lot of times they're like I love MMA and you guys like have a good online presence and it looks like a good card. I just want to come to a show. That's cool, man. Like that's that's what we
0: need. Yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. I always wonder how did we reach that? Yeah. Like how did you hear? How do we do that more? Right. right. Tell your friends. (laughs) Seriously. Let's have some more of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the card is just sick, but I think there was even a period just to skip back to the history of two, four, seven, you have the, the double header with, no crowd, or at least a limited crowd. I think That
0: was six and seven,
1: and then I remember because eight was the first one I was involved with, where I was still doing like social media and doing backstage videos. And that stuff was at for Monroeville. You. Yeah, that card was, was huge. that Lowry. That was Lowry, Masick. It was a yep. huge card. Yep. That was that the turning because for me that was just my first experience, but was that the turning point of like officially getting out of the COVID funk? Yeah,
0: that was the. F- I think that was the first show that was like, no more. restrictions Restrictions. yeah yeah because i think we were in in johnstown
1: not long after that same month it was august to like 7th and 21st or something yeah yeah
0: so so yeah the restrictions were lifted and that was like the return of like shows that can be profitable with like one show and that johnstown card was big too yeah i mean we did we did good there that's what made us think that we we could do good there again (laughs) we did good there once yeah i mean (laughs) I don't even know that we did. good. I think I thought it was good for a first show there in a smaller marketplace. Yeah, yep. for sure. The for problem sure. is there aren't any fighters other than Joe yep. from Johnstown, and like, yep, we just didn't have on enough yep. like, that we could uh, ca- like count on guys uh, to be on the card and sell tickets. Sure, that I mean that, that was a great card though. The, the second Johnstown card was it. It was, was so the soaky knockout. It was the dims or no Wol- albright and, albright and, dude yeah
1: that the albright flannery versus sheldon was flannery that? and yeah, sheldon dude there were literally so two uh, the two top knockout of the year contenders plus a fight of the year contender were all in that card plus elijah davis and joe larocco which was one of the best fights i've seen like yeah dude there were insane
0: insane amount of fights are we beer running no uh, oh, okay. I, I was gonna um I drank that and this, and oh, now Oh, you got a pee You're going to have to carry this. Oh,
1: man, I'm going to have to carry this with Danny Palm. Here's what I'm going to do, Danny Palm, for the good viewers at home. I'm going to kick it to the Palm mic, and I'm going to give you this insanely hard question to answer. <laughs> April 15th at the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows, we have a fight card, as we just said, that's totally stacked. Which fight does Danny Palm have circled as the can't-miss attraction... I know you can't pick just one, so uh, I'll I'll help. Viewers who are listening, Danny Palm loves them all. This is not a slight to whoever he doesn't pick, but I am specifically asking him to pick one, and I know this is difficult.
2: Like, which one I'm looking forward to the most? Exactly.
1: Not even on a, you know, prestige level, whatever. Just as, as a matchup, which matchup has you the most excited?
2: Um... So the the title fight with Miguel and Chris Iannieri, I think that one's gonna be an awesome fight. Um, Miguel is a stud, and Chris is also a stud six 0 like that. On paper, like that, that's an awesome fight in my opinion.
1: Chris, Mister Freeze, his gym is extremely good. South Jersey BJJ. We saw Michael McCaffrey came into Monroeville and actually beat Elijah Davis uh, back at Bit B thirteen maybe thirteen. 11 13 13 Yeah 13 So I was impressed with McCaffrey right off the bat and his team they were super professional and actually McCaffrey hooked us up with Ianery because we reached out to McCaffrey for a different fight I don't I'm not sure who it was actually but McCaffrey said he was fighting but he's like he had, McCaffrey had a fight in March he's like but my teammate is 6 and 0 he's a weight and nobody will fight him he's like everybody just keeps turning him down like we can't find him a fight Meanwhile, we were looking for Miguel, a fight for Miguel, a title fight. We knew it. We wanted it. Miguel Francisco title fight in his hometown, Washington, like on that card. And I'm like, we got the guy for you. <laughs> like you say, you have a six and zero that nobody will fight. We have who Miguel's four and two, but will fight anybody and is ready for that test. So that worked out perfectly.
2: And if I remember correctly, Chris was actually in McCaffrey's corner.
1: He was, I, and funny enough. I didn't know that until I watched MMA fan. Oh, nice. I don't know Cheers, which bro. one you want. Nah, it's cool. I'm I'm not that picky, bro. But yeah. This is
0: actually good. It's really good.
1: I didn't remember Chris from the event necessarily, but that that's really cool that he was there. Um, With Blue Corners, if I've never met you before, and, and especially if you're not the head coach, like you're the, the secondary coach. You're too good for him. I'm really sorry if I don't remember your name. You're I will remember your face, though, for sure.
0: He's too good for you when it comes too to good that. For, totally too good He's too big. You.
1: Dude, it's crazy. I used to make fun of you for forgetting people's names, but I get it a little Keep bit. Keep going. I get it a little bit now because I'm big on remembering names. That's always something that my dad taught me growing up. You know, that's one of the, one of the things that you got to do just to be a good human. Always remember people's names. Always give a good handshake. It,
0: it, it matters. Yeah.
1: So I've always been big on that. And in this space, man, there's been a few times where I've done the, what's up, man. <laughs> <laughs> And then I hope throughout the conversation
0: that I can remember. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the longer you do it, the more it's gonna happen. It's just the reality. It really well, is. And, and and as you get older, like the brain just doesn't pull stuff up. Like the file cabinets are like oh, it's, scary. it's more scattered. It's, it's like scary. I always think of as you get older, like like you, I don't know if you're old enough to remember a card catalog. You know what I'm talking about no when I say idea a card what I card okay. catalog? Hey. <laughs> yeah. In a library, <laughs> okay. You used to pull out like okay. a card like and you I got you now. Fi- go I through know. files yep. basically tell you where to find this right, book. Right,
1: right. I got you now.
0: Um and so I always think of like as you get older like it's a card catalog but it's it like loses its order more every year. Oh, okay. So like it's scrambled up more and like you have it but it's like just Accessing finding it, it. is going to be a problem. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's fair,
1: but yeah, I mean, I think we we were talking about like how cool that is when a bee, cor- uh, a blue corner, excuse me, comes in and is like, "I would love to fight for you guys again." It is a cool feeling, and like remembering their names for me is not just the business move, but like we want to form real relationships with you guys. So like when. Jalen McIntyre comes in and his dad, Rob, is there. Like I, I want to remember Rob is your dad. He's your
0: coach and he, he likes us. Like I yeah, want to just that. like guys yeah. like Kenyon <laughs> right. Moore and like yeah. there's a whole list of guys, dust even from the early days of Dustin Parrish, like mm. guys that like throwback. we were, were, you know, genuinely they're still in touch with us, even though we they probably never like Dustin Paris will probably never fight for us again. Like maybe we, we, I would love him to, but like we have to have the right matchup for right. that to, for that to happen. We have to have the right pro with the right weight and the right. that may never happen, but he's, he's like always a friend of ours. Cause he's a part of like, you know, what made us where we are. And like, he, he likes what we like. That was our first show. And he was like, wow, you guys like, And that's that's cool. Like that is really cool. But the blue corners are like, we've been blessed with like guys that come in here and like, put on great shows and like, understand what we're doing here and like realize like they look around and they're like, dude, what you guys are doing is cool.
1: Yeah, you know my favorite blue corner of all time. Um, no, Mike
0: Wilkins. (laughs) <laughs> dude that's a good story we had we were
1: just talking to mike this is kind of an inside joke but it's hilarious we were just talking to mike at a uh, at cage thunder over the weekend in ohio backstage and we were talking about i don't even remember what brought it up to be honest but there was a there was a card i, I was
0: i was apologizing to him like i said sometimes we have to put you in the blue corner right
1: right and There was a card where, for whatever reason, Stout's fighters had to be in the blue corner. So for people listening who aren't familiar, like at a regional show, at the UFC, it's not as evident. But at a regional show, the red corner are the local guys, and the blue corner typically are guys that you're bringing in from out of state, out of city, whatever, to fight them. So to put Stout in the blue corner that one time, I had to message Wilkins and be like, hey, like I just didn't want any hard feelings. Like I didn't want him to think that we were making them the B-side or something like that. Mil- Wilkins, of course, was real cool about it. Never didn't go farther than that until he this just weekend. was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Until this weekend, he was like, dude, when you said that. Meanwhile, like, keep in mind, Mike Wilkins is like a twelve-fight professional veteran. Like, he's been in, been and in around Bellator, the game. Yeah.
0: been in CFFC. Yeah, like, he's
1: been in and around the game his entire life. He's like, honestly, when you told me that, man, I never knew that was a thing. I never knew red was local and blue was out of town. I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? So your whole career when you were red corner your entire career fighting in and around pittsburgh you just thought that was coincidence he's like he's like yeah i thought that was just random i just kept getting red i'm like Mm -hmm. oh man i'm red again i guess (laughs) (laughs) he really just thought that was like randomly assigned
0: well and the funny thing is like we we send the corners like uh we make an uh facebook group yeah with each show we have a facebook group of blue and red and like yeah I don't know. That's you just never put the pieces Mike. together. But Which I did fan. feel I did feel bad because I didn't wear my Mike Wilkins shirt to Cage Thunder. Which you wore an Academy shirt? I was shirt. wearing an Academy shirt. That's yeah. good.
1: We bumped into Paul Dotson, so that was good. Yeah. It was good that you had the uh, Academy oh, shirt. Oh he on. even
0: mentioned it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Dude. He gets taller every time we see dude, him.
0: He's literally like the guy that doesn't stop growing.
1: He's like 6'8" right now. Well, dude. the thing <laughs> is he's like
0: he's like 15 now. I know. He's like I so y- he's yeah. like what,
1: 19? Yeah, I think he is 19. That's yeah. crazy. He's doing good things, man, with the Marines and sniper school I believe he's starting. He was asking about getting a fight in April actually, too. Still at 185. Despite getting taller, he's still 185, so He's like
0: I'm I'm seven six one eighty five.
1: Seriously, I mean I'm pretty tall. I'm like six three, and he he's got me for sure. When I'm near him, I'm like dude, you're tall, you're tall. Yeah.
0: Shit. Well, we ran into some cool uh, some cool other people like like Jamar uh, Moore. Yeah, that was cool, especially so that, for you. That's, that's a real a, full circle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a throwback because when when uh, I told you earlier in the podcast that. W- the one of the first shows, I think it was the first show we covered as Octagon 24-7. Um, we went to Caged Madness, and Jamar Moore was one of the fighters on it. And we went backstage, and he was one of our two interviews that we picked to interview post-fight. And we went back during, like, the next fight and interviewed him, and, and, and he talked about the fight, and then we posted it on YouTube and all that stuff. It's still on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, hadn't really had much interaction with him since, and the dude grew so much hair, like I didn't even recognize him. But I did like see a guy, and I'm like, how do I know him? Mm-hmm. Like, and then they announced him. There's in your the- card catalog opening. It yeah, was <laughs> exactly. shuffling that card. Well, I think I'm I'm chalking it up to the hair. Mm-hmm. I'm blaming that. That's what I'm going with. But um, he was. When when I originally met him, he was like, his hair was like real tight, yep. like real 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 short, and then his hair was like super Some like crazy. Had, dread, I don't yeah. think he's cut his hair since. Probably not. I met yeah. him that day because he had not. like crazy long dreadlocks. He is also a
1: massive lightweight, by the way, and I yeah. told him that. And pre- I'm like, dude, how do you make one fifty five? He's
0: six one. I bet. Uh, he might be even taller. He might be, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah he's tall. And he's a
0: really tall, yeah. lightweight. He, good dude, um, was super happy. to, And part of me, like the nostalgia, like the, the, you know, that was like fond memories of like when we first started to hit mm-hmm. the regional MMA scene. And, and uh, so I always hold a special place in my heart for him. And, um, yeah, there's the... Miles Robinson. Thing. Miles Robinson. See, you're young. Got My that.
1: card catalog's oiled, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Even though you don't know what it, the card <laughs> you know catalog is. I didn't is. know what that was. Um, Miles Robinson, those are the two uh, post-fight interviews of, of Jamar Moore and Miles Robinson for Cage Madness back in the day. That's and then, awesome. And yeah. So So seeing him there and, like, talking to him and realizing that he, like, I said to him, I don't know if you know me or, like, remember and he's like what are you talking about like yes i've been following you guys like you and i was it's like cool oh to that's see what so you're doing. awesome yeah. on the way home i said to hunter i was like that that meant a lot that he like
1: kept up he knew about the podcast yep. and everything yeah because cool. i hit
0: him up a couple times um early on to see if it might be a, a fit for a matchup and we never really got traction so i didn't even know if he realized you know these were the guys that gave him his first interview
1: that's so cool But it is definitely a full circle moment. And that's one thing that I'll always say is so special about regional MMA are those relationships. And we talk about like how important that is. But I have the same feelings whenever it's like we talk about the early days of like Pinnacle and me as a reporter. And I was covering Cherico fights and Mike Wilkins fights and things like that. And then it comes around now and like Wilkins is on the podcast or I'm talking to Wilkins about a matchup for his fighters like – It's really cool to me that in Pittsburgh specifically, and I'm only saying this because I'm in Pittsburgh, maybe this happens in other cities, but we see the turnover of these guys go from fighter to coach, but they're always involved. Like If you go to a show, you can count on Isaac Greeley being there. The one time Isaac Greeley wasn't at a show, it was the weirdest feeling ever because he had a wedding or something, but it's like this core group of people who made it what it is and are still around like, man, it's well, it's so awesome,
0: and that's a tough transition. Like, Seriously, going yeah. from a, a coach to a fight or a fighter to a coach is is very difficult, and th- there's there's a lot of emotion and a lot of like it's just a big change and yep. it's a different like thing, and that's hard. Yeah, and 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 the only guys that do it successfully are very strong. Like, that takes, it takes a lot because it's difficult. And there's some people that could do that. that They're just like, I have no interest in doing that. And, yep. You know, but um, I, my brother-in-law is trying to harass me, I bet. I what else know. is new? Come on, yeah. Brian. Be Rye.
1: Dude, Brian's the man. Brian's part of our cage crew, by the way. When we talk about 247, we we paint that imagery of Ryan, you know, in the bed with his family when he thought things were going south. You just mentioned your brother in law, like he's an integral part of what we do as well. Setting yeah, up the Bri- Cage the Cage cruise. Brian man. and
0: Josh and, and and Jesse, like those guys have been with us from day one. Crazy and, dude. And we've just like we've built this I I think family atmosphere that, you know, we have this crew that does great great things and and everyone's a part of it it's not like 247 is hunter or 247 is ryan or ryan and hunter and jim like it's all of us yeah. like we have a bunch of people and uh, 247 is the gyms in pittsburgh and 247 is the coaches in pittsburgh and like we yeah. we don't ever want to so one of the things that i dislike the most about like the the regional MMA scene is like coaches or like f- a lot of promoters and a lot of matchmakers will like put pressure on people to only fight for them. Weird. And while I like it that someone only wants to fight for us. Of course. I'm also like, if you have an opportunity that you think is your best opportunity and we don't have a fight for you, like go take it, like go, like do it's great so things. Bizarre. Like but I don't understand it. It's not good. It, if you are a fighter that feels pressure to only fight for one organization or one person or what, like it doesn't make it, it unless be you're on your a, best yeah. interest.
1: Yeah. Unless you're on a five fight UFC contract, then yes, only fight for the UFC in that case. Yeah. But unless that's the case
0: that you can go wherever is best for you. Yeah. Like if, if you feel like we present you with the best opportunities, then great. Like fight for only us. Like, Edwin always tells me like, I don't want to fight for anyone else. Like I love Edwin Vera. He's like my little brother. Yeah. Like I would literally fall on a sword for Edwin Vera. As long as like, I mean, I might not be able to breathe around him because there's there's the Edwin waffle that we're talking about. (laughs) Nice. Everyone that knows Edwin well knows what I'm talking about. But, but I love Edwin Vera. He's like, he's two, four, seven through and through. uh, you know, there's lots of guys that are like, they'll, that'll fall on a sword for us. We'll fall on a sword for them. Like, but that's not what we're requiring out of guys. We're not like saying like, Edwin, don't you dare fight for anyone else. As a matter of fact, we'll help you find fights. If it makes like, if we're not able to offer you a fight, like, I don't know. There's just a, that's just bad for the sport. It's bad for everything.
1: It's been my thing as well. And I've always felt this way. So it was always weird whenever I, saw the pushback on it from some people like you're saying the people who try to tie it into that but like the idea of when one of us wins we can all win has always been crystal clear to me so coming into a space where that isn't crystal clear to everybody has been one of my major hurdles is like why why aren't we rooting for each other like we went to that cage thunder show and purchased tickets we weren't like let us in for free we're 247 let us come to the show like we want to support the local scene when everybody is doing well I promise it helps all of us.
0: Although I will tell you, I wanted to pull the hey, can you do something for us card when we were waiting outside <laughs> that,
1: that was, for 45 yeah, yeah, minutes yeah. to
0: get in during the show?
1: Yeah, that that was a, not ideal, but good kudos to them for having a huge card and a huge line a uh, huge crowd. They huge had a great crowd. Yeah. Oh,
0: that atmosphere. Dude. I, I told awesome. you I told you awesome. when we walked out, I was completely like Mm-hmm. I, I did not expect to see the environment I saw. It was electric so good. in there. It was, it was, so was good. it was really a good crowd. I tell
1: lots of people, man, and people don't people think I'm just like what's the word? Like fanboying for two four seven or whatever, like pretending. But I like regional MMA better than UFC. Like I've been to the biggest. U- I've been to Connor versus Khabib. I've been to Hugh Bellator NYC. I've seen the best from the best.
0: There's a level of care. Something about regional MMA. Dude. No, I know what it is. It's there's a level of passion and care that you can't like of knowing that person. Mm-hmm. Like of knowing mm-hmm. like. There's a level of that that you see that you aren't going to get at UFC. But maybe you're next to a fighter's wife or something like that. Like that's yep. when you'll see it. But unless that's the case, there's just a difference. Yep. Now, uh, the exception to that is if you go to a Conor McGregor fight, it's pretty crazy. Oh, it's nuts! The it, Dublin it, everyone co- feels like they know Connor,
1: dude. Two oh five after he beat Eddie to become champ, champ it was out, not outside. outside I was there, dude. Yeah. It was crazy. We had a video on FloCon. We sent our video guy. We're like screw the press conference go outside and just film the crowd like just go be in that crowd and get that and that's what he did and the video blew up like dude it was madness out it there. was it but was like, happy madness you yeah. were not like afraid that you were going to die yeah no one know? was attacking anyone <laughs> yeah.
0: but it, it was at the same time like you know <laughs> there were a bunch of crazy nuts yeah it was it was fun it was nuts and yeah <laughs> just we, think like so here i got a yeah. good story for i don't know if you know this story we when we were covering, um, you know, we were doing the the Octagon twenty four seven MMA fancast thing. We went to UFC two hundred and five, mm-hmm. and we we covered it like without press credentials, but we covered it, and we we had tickets and stuff. So we we. Our, um real quick, could you go
1: to Media Day though? No. Oh, okay. We weren't anything okay. to do with Sometimes the UFC would credential you like come to the press conferences, but you can't yeah, come to the event.
0: They, they, did, they did that for other events, but this was UFC okay. 205. They mm-hmm. were no, they we weren't on their radar. But um we we go to leave um our hotel. And we're like maybe two blocks away, and I think we had to run back up in the elevator and then come back down. And we were coming back down and like someone else was on the elevator and the woman had like a wine glass and the guy was like older um but put together and like dressed nice and we got in the elevator and we we were talking i don't know how we we got to, got to talking to them and he's like and she was like oh yeah this is connor's dad it what? was It was legit Connor McGregor's dad we were in the elevator with and his like girlfriend or whoever. Unreal. But uh, like then we were like, dude, we just we're staying in the same hotel. Like we're pimps. We're, we're a
1: pimp. That's living.
0: Like you yeah, probably this never read that.
1: that. Yeah, that was
0: cool. <laughs> that is awesome. So nice. Yeah, Connor McGregor's dad in the elevator. Remember us. 247. Come come support us, Connor's
1: father.
2: Connor's daddy. <laughs>
1: I was just thinking when we were talking about how crazy it was outside, the, just the pure pandemonium, the Irish crowd, and I'm sure not all of them came from Ireland, but I bet some of them did. And it's hilarious to think, like, people flew from Ireland to watch Conor McGregor fight, and we can't get dudes to drive from New Kensington to Washington sometimes. <laughs> are, we, are
0: we sure that these aren't just guys that, like, like Celebrate St. Patty's Day here in the United Uh, States every day. Yeah, maybe, maybe
1: they just Irish for the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: That's fair, but yeah, there's. I mean, I think there are some. Yeah,
0: and there might even be some that like throw off an Irish accent, like that never lived there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's fair.
0: What do you think, Danny?
1: Danny Palm. What's Danny Palm's take?
2: I don't know. I I think probably majority majority of them aren't from Ireland.
1: That's what I think too. Fair. I'm going with Danny Pong. Okay, I'm, I'm going to believe that they're from Ireland, that they're just that Okay, you're dedicated. going the
0: other way. For sure. They're all Imagine Irish. That. If they Every had a single flag person. and they're celebrating around yep.
1: it, they're Irish. Yep. Nice. Would you hold another flag besides the United States flag? If you were just celebrating, if you were somewhere and a British guy won something, Leon there, Edwards there knocks is, out Kamaru, would you hold up a Great Britain flag?
0: There is literally no way that that ever happens. Exactly.
1: So they're actually Irish. You would never hold a flag if it wasn't yours. I agree. <laughs> I'm saying I'm unless, not saying the unless you're drunk.
0: drunk. <laughs> just because you're holding it, like there's all the other people around True. you, and like none of them have to be just the guy holding it. Fair. That's very fair. And I, if you're a super fan, like if you're McGregor, I say McGregor because that's uh, McGregor. That's the guy. No, but who wh- who's McGregor? <laughs> what? The guy, the, Craig Perry. Oh, Craig Perry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I thought
0: you knew what I was talking no. about. No. He, he might.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, we have to ask. Craig, that's
0: the question. Okay. Will, would Craig Perry go to a...
1: Dude, he loves Conor McGregor so much. Would he much.
0: go to a McGregor fight? Would he, would he take an Irish flag with him? That's the question.
1: Mm. Craig, if you're watching, we'll text you this clip regardless. But yeah. that, that's a great question. I thought you were talking about Michael McCaffrey for a second because he reminded me of McGregor, like the aura, the persona, the Yeah. Like let's get them. He accepted hostile territory and played into it.
0: Well, I think it you, was awesome. It's so advantageous to it to to don't try to be Rocky. Try to don't like cause Rocky like didn't try to do that, right? Right. right. That just happened. Right. Try to be, you know be the villain be okay it's, with being dude, the it's villain it's so fun
1: i mean when when i think about like my most memorable regional mma moments and maybe not even part of 247 but there was a time in morgantown i may have told this story to you before or to the podcast even we're like by the way we're like 82 or three episodes deep on this thing dude really? that's crazy that is crazy.
0: So, does that mean you're doing more than one a, a, yeah.
1: a week? Yeah, I mean, on fight week, we've done like four. You know, yeah. like there's some weeks that just we double, triple up. But it was in Morgantown and Cherico was fighting somebody in Morgantown from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is like, you know, WVU and Pitt hate each other. And this was peak. Like WVU was good at football at the time. When? <laughs> exactly.
0: When, when Jermaine was there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, probably they good then.
1: 2008 to 13? no he was there dude that. the pat like he's the, old Jermaine's old is he that old i mean he's in the upper 30s dang. dang okay yeah so that was before that but anyway like the tail end of pat white into like geno smith tavon austin those teams like those were legit ass teams so there was like a, an actual legit ass teams dude like an actual wvu pit rivalry so Cherico comes out in morgantown from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the pride of Bloomfield, Mark Cherka, And, dude, he has these goofy-ass, dumb sunglasses. I've seen pictures. And like, I wondered what that was all about. He was the most hateable human being on Earth that night.
0: Dude, that is so beautiful.
1: And then... He chokes the dude out, rear naked Cherico, as he was doing to everybody at the time. Chokes the dude out, jumps up on the cage, and just starts talking shit to the crowd, dude. Everybody. That is so
0: good. <laughs> it, was,
1: it was the best ever. Like, everybody that, hated him, it, man. Is
0: that on video? It has to be somewhere. Like, we have to find this. Yeah, let me see. That could be our, like, here's how you do it. Like, we could yeah. send this to all Blue Corners yeah. and Mike Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> nice throwback
1: Let me we see could, we could send
0: one. that to all blue corners and be like if you really want to be invited back do stuff like this dude i hear like the cherico stories the dude. the legend of cherico he was so good
1: dude he was like he, he was really so was good like yeah
0: he was he was a great great fighter he was he was a promoter. Yep. He promoted himself. He built his brand. He got it on every level, and man. he just he he just played the role. Like, dude, I wish everyone did that. Yep. I found the card. So, dude, this is a great card, by the way, dude. There were so many great yeah. pinnacle cards. Like, there were no. So it many.
1: wasn't. It was NAFS. Okay. Caged Fury Seventeen. It was Cherico's pro debut. Choked out Dante Adams in the first round in 56 seconds. So he came in to Morgan. To, it wasn't came in,
0: got the rear naked Jericho and done. And, and then and then talked smack.
1: And then talked mad so smack.
0: Le- that's the goal. Let's find that video, and that'll be a training tool for like how to make yourself the most marketable blue corner yeah. ever. This whole like, card. Yeah, if yeah Kenyon Moore. Good. Listen, listen. If Kenyon Moore decided to be the villain, yep. Dude, that would make him so much better. Like, just be the villain when you're out of town. If, when you're in town, be the good guy. Let's let's take this it's, a step
1: farther, even. Kenyon Moore, let's think about it. He he fought for us. And what I remember, I even told him at Weyends, I'm like, dude, best dressed fighter we've ever had here. Like he has a look. He's got that. That's part of it. You have to have a look. Like part of your brand has to be a look if you're a fighter. He's got the look. He's got the team. He's got Glover to share. Tell me, Glover doesn't go on his Instagram and like give Kenyon a little shine. Like he's got that extra boost essentially available to him with Glover to share and that whole team. Dude, it's it's like teed up for Kenyon to do that. Mm-hmm. He could totally do it. Yeah, I mean,
0: a lot of guys. And he's could skillful.
1: Do it. Obviously, he's skillful too. Like that's okay. very so, important.
0: So since you've been here, um. Since you've been at two four seven, can you think of fighters who played the heel role well? Like o- only McCaffrey. O- yeah. I- I'm serious. Like that's
1: the only one that comes to mind. Dude. Who like embraced it and was like yeah, happy dude, to be hated.
0: Play the play the heel role. There's nothing ro- like. P- yeah. Listen, people are going to like cheer for the other guy, and they're rooting for you to lose. Right. Right. S- so. So come in and accept that and have
1: fun with it. I'll give you one. I okay. just thought of another one. Okay. He may be the best at it, but also from the area originally, but DeWitt Dixon, when he beat oh, Cole. Oh, yeah, DeWitt Dixon. When he yeah. beat Cole, he was like, if he, if that's the Prince of Pittsburgh, then I'm the motherfucking king.
0: <laughs> I was like, dude, that was awesome. Come on. Yeah, dude, he, great okay. line. So DeWitt Dixon is on like aii am a I, – I, I'm a – Big DeWitt DeWitt Dixon lover. Dude, he's so fun. He is a uh, he's like the best blue corner ever because he's not like he's He's from here originally. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but um, he also like he's a he's a character and he's funny (laughs) and he says stuff to like and and some of the things he says like you're like is like is he real is he pretend is he playing like what like he'll say like. Um uh, uh like my team and I were figuring out a way to like set two year like plan of getting down to one forty five and you're like, like stop. you're one eighty five and you look huge yeah. Like, yeah. Stop. And, and, and he'll say it like
2: dead like, where you
0: don't know if he's being one hundred percent serious yep. or one hundred percent trolling you I know and that is he is very skilled at that. Yeah, he's very, very
1: good at that. So DeWitt, Michael McCaffrey, I, I really can't think of a third one though. You don't see so, it often.
2: You don't yeah. see the if heel. I remember uh, Tobias was a little bit of a heel, Tobias Taylor. He Wore walked. Brown's jersey out to the mm-hmm. cage. Okay. If I remember I don't think correctly, most people he was he was talking smack to the crowd too when he came into the cage. Okay. And, All right. Okay,
0: nice, nice. I, uh, I I that's a good one that that I appreciate. But I don't see all that stuff all the time.
1: A slight I mean Ethan sells a lot of tickets too. Kudos to him because he's not really in Pittsburgh, but a slight problem with that may have been more effective if he was like fighting Patton. You know, if he was fighting a real Pittsburgh kid, but like yeah, like the Cherico going into Morgantown, Pitt versus Morgantown, Pittsburgh just obliterating and then just talking shit. And plus like you talk about the look, like Cherico hat he wanted you to hate him with his
0: look. Like, he it was great. Dude, I, I think about that and I just like, that's a promoter's dream. It was so good.
1: There has to be video.
0: Can of that. I get a guy like that. Like, just take that heel roll and run with it and make everyone boo you so loud. Like it was that's awesome. awesome.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that. So, that's a challenge. There you go. Braun the Bird 16 on April 15th. If you're listening and you're a blue corner, be the heel for us.
0: I will. I will <laughs> love. I, you will always be invited back. Now.
1: Don't take it too far. There's a line, too, of being like just blatantly disrespectful and starting riots.
0: Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. But, but fall just short of that. Be fun. Yeah. Talk to Mark Cherico. Enjoy, embrace the role and have fun with it. That, that'd that be awesome. Mm-hmm. I would totally like. Yeah. Make yourself marketable. Like, guys. Half of this game is is not fighting, like yep. half is fighting. The other half is not fighting. Mm-hmm. So all those things that are not fighting, you have to worry about. If you think it's all about fighting, you're not gonna like. You're going to your career, no matter how good you are, will end before it could if you worried about the other half.
1: Facts, straight facts. Boom. And this this is coming. Nice this is coming from a man who has seen it all almost end several times. Like you've in this industry, you've seen it come to a close several times. You've persevered. So just to tie a bow on that whole conversation, it's awesome to see where we are today. I appreciate you keeping me being a part of it, even though you've been trying to fire me for the past like year or so. More than it's that. It's fine. Like it's been I'm glad
0: i four
1: months <laughs> to the day you've been know exactly how many days i've been here i know for.
0: what day i started trying to fire you you will not go away yep I'm, you're I'm like the COVID. Cock-a-roach.
1: i am like covid but dude seriously like what we're building it feels really special right now and this is like the eighth time i've said it on this podcast but like this april card is going to be a showcase of that but it's not like hey, we're stopping let,
0: let, there let me let me you just said the keyword we're not stopping there listen we have really special things that we're working on all the time. We're some of them work out, some of them don't, but we are not slowing down, and we ha- we are on the brink of things that are like going to it could be monumental. Mm-hmm. But like there are things that are being put in place that are that if they work out are complete game changers, and I hope they do work out. But we're also not going to put ourselves in a position. To fail. So, if it doesn't make sense, like if we can't find a way to have it make sense, then it won't happen. We were on the brink. I'll just hey, if you're watching right now, we almost we got really close to having a show in Virginia. Mm-hmm. There were some things that got in the way of that that didn't make sense for us. Yep, it made it so we might not be profitable. Like we had to have a sellout to be like those things. We're gonna walk away from um, until that gets situated, which we're still gonna work on. But there are things that were happening that made it so it wasn't gonna make sense. We're we're working on a bunch of other things that, if they, we we're hoping mm-hmm. that are going to be complete game changes for Pittsburgh MMA. Pittsburgh Combat Sports, and Steeler tailgating forever.
1: Yes. (laughs) It's only fitting that on an episode that we talk so much about COVID and those unprecedented times that we finish with something for us. Uplifting. That would be unprecedented for regional MMA.
0: Positive. Positive. But not like positive for COVID. Hold on. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you remember the positivity? Yeah. Um, Uh, like like
1: we we smug mug folder. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) That's something. So this funny enough. Shout out James Lynch. This is going to be a James Lynch story. I don't. Do you know James? Oh, I know James. Yeah, yeah. very popular. One of the best MMA journalists out there. Really heavy video content. He's the man. I love James. Interviewer of the decade. He's amazing. He he did a lot for us at Flow Combat and just in general, but. He told me one time, and I think this is something that he's told to the public as well, but I'll never forget the first time he told me just publicly, like he keeps a folder of positive comments and positive feedback on his videos, positive tweets, just nice things people say about him. And he's like, in this industry, like it'll wear you down. The haters will wear you down. He's like, when I get somebody comes in and says, whatever, that was a stupid question. Why would you even ask him that? He's like, and it bothers me, I just go straight to that positivity folder. <laughs> He's like, I need to uh, cleanse it. It's my bleach. It's like I keep all these good comments there. So James Lynch was the first guy I heard that from, and then you
0: made it. It was kind of funny. So do you act, uh, this is like going back to the bad times, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what the incident was that we we were like, bro? Yeah. Do you remember what I, happened? I don't. I don't either. I don't. I either. don't. Which that's is
1: good. That's yeah. how So I was just going to say, it's probably a good thing. Like, that's how well
0: that we brushed it off. We don't even remember what it was. When you have haters, like, you're doing something right. What was the... Do we hate on anyone? Like, that's the thing. We don't, like... I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. We want to build things. We don't want to destroy things. We don't care what other people are doing. If they're not our friend, we ignore them. Like if there are, if they're not our enemy, we don't ignore them. Like we don't really like I'll go to any show and have a good time and like enjoy local MMA. Like why? Why? I don't know. I just don't it's understand. Weird. It's weird. I just don't get it.
1: I forgot, like, until we went to Cage Thunder, I forgot how much I enjoyed that, going yeah. as a spectator. On, Like, it really is the best. I would, this is, I'm a huge Steelers fan. You know this. Like, my whole life, I'm addicted to the Steelers. I would rather go to Cage Thunder than a Steelers game. Dead serious. I would, too. Yeah. yeah. Dead serious. It's more fun to Except, me. Except uh, we have to get right in. <laughs> yeah. Waiting in the cold for 45 minutes wasn't great, but... The show itself and regional MMA, like Morgantown, we'll even say, say the person that we've been talking about match this card in Morgantown, March 18th. I'm going like, I want to be there unless I she would, stops me at the door or something.
0: I would go, but I just feel like it would just bring drama and I don't want drama. Dude, like, I want to support comma. I love comma. Like. They're billing it as, like, Comma's returning to cage fighting. Whatever. Like, yeah, you yeah. got to draw. But ultimately, like, Comma's boxing there. I want to go. I just don't, like, if I knew that there would be no drama, I'd go. Right. But I don't know that, so I'm not. Yeah, you can't be sure. But, like, that's a great
1: card. Comma's on it. Tom Kaiser's on it. Ethan yeah. Hayes is on it. For for even just our purposes, like as a promotion in Pittsburgh, I want to support all those guys. I want Uh, to be there there for that. So I'm going to be there for that. And I love like, obviously I went to WVU. We just talked about covering the card in Morgantown special place in my heart for Morgantown. I'm sorry. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay. Hang on. The first time I ever heard that joke, I'm glad that I didn't fall into well, the trap. Well, they don't know the joke. but Right, right. But I'm going to let you tell it because the first time I ever heard it was at Bubba's Burgers with you and you, you, you got the waitress with it bad. She bit so hard on it. <laughs> and I was just like, that's the funniest. I forget. She said, where are you from originally? And she said.
0: We're, 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 what, at what capacity were we together at Bubba's? Were you working? Yeah, I was working for okay. you. Yeah, okay. this was. I didn't know if we had like a meeting prior. To <clears throat> no,
1: no, 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 no. This was post like me working for you and everything. We were just getting lunch or whatever, <laughs> and we're talking to the waitress, and, and she was telling a story, and Ryan was like, "Where are you from originally?" And she was like, "Philadelphia." And he's like, "I'm sorry," and she's like, "Philadelphia." And he's like, "No, no, I heard you. I'm just saying, I'm sorry. You're from <laughs> Philadelphia originally. That was the first time I ever heard that, and I like almost fell out of my seat laughing. But now. I've heard you go back to that well like six times. But that's
0: my dad joke, bro. <laughs> like, uh, most of the time, that's their first time. So exactly. let them enjoy it.
1: Every time it happens when you go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like in my head looking at the other person like, don't
0: do it. <laughs> don't, don't fall. It's a trap.
1: Yeah. That's fun. Good times. We yeah. sorry. <laughs> Going to Morgantown for sure for that card. And I think we'll shout out another one that's just on my mind. I was thinking about talking about this earlier, but. Tim Bailey's got a fight for WFC coming up tomorrow, I think.
0: Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, he's probably weighing in. Uh, uh.
1: Now nah, the same day weigh-ins, probably, which is cr- <laughs> Sorry, dude, that Tim. should be illegal, bro. That's crazy. Somebody's gonna get. Well, never mind. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, same man. day weigh-ins are bullshit. But yeah, so support the local scene is what I'm getting at. Like, we'll be at Cage Thunder. Will be at this card in Morgantown. I would like to be in Cleveland,
0: honestly. And by wheel, he means heel. I will not be. I would be. I would support every. Like Cheyenne Hall fought for a different organization. I bought her shirt. Like I I will support. I want to support everyone. Like I've considered. I own another company called 247 Roofing Solutions. Is like 247roofingpgh.com what's the website No it's 247 Roof Roof. excuse me Danny works for them he sure does Danny Danny kills it
1: <laughs> He's like if I must hit it again okay
0: yeah. yeah Um but I heard that there's a couple chipmunks that work for No uh, Danny don't you t- <laughs> No, Danny. Danny, don't hit the chip mark. Button. Oh, God. um, No. <laughs> you know that he turned it on for a second for Comma's podcast? No, oh, no, it was really no. cool. Big shout out to Comma. Hey, if you're um wanting to see more of Comma, which most people should want to see more of Comma, there's, a, a, they started a podcast like a year ago. They did one episode. It's it was called something weird, and then what that mouth do? <laughs> and now it's now it's called um, the the, the fight worthy fight worthy Pod- podcast. That's a great name, by the way. Agreed, uh, and they're and they're filming it here, um, right at the two four seven live studio. So that's awesome. Yep, and you know it's not like considering we trash him all the time, right. and we're like we're like how dare us talk about. Someone who helped build a, muse. what? I don't know. That was my fancy voice. Muse.
1: That's what <laughs> fancy people say. Yes, but with we, him in the front.
0: This. What? What else would you expect from people that like, like want to lift up serial killers?
1: Exactly. That's what we do. But I, on that note, I want to say, like, if you're watching this podcast and you like the production, you like the quality of this, this, you can also use this studio. Yeah. You can rent this space. This is. We haven't really talked about this at all. It's not something that we've really marketed because we were still, you know, learning how to use it ourselves, quite frankly. If you've been around since the beginning, you've seen the hiccups that we've had with the studio. But we got it in a place now where it's pretty smooth. So if you have a podcast and you just want access to high-quality equipment, cameras, microphones, and production, then come rent it. It's super affordable.
0: Yeah, ultimately, like a podcast studio at this level, like the level that we did it, is a huge investment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times like people don't have the means. So we're 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 able to like hey, if you don't wanna pay twenty thousand dollars for equipment and you wanna record podcasts and just pay like Hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there. Like yep. this is a good solution for you. And here's the beauty of it. Spoiler alert: Not every podcast you hear is
1: live. You could come in one day and just spend three hours recording six episodes, and now you've got six for the price of two hour, three two three hours of your time. Yep. <clears throat> Space them out, make it worth your while. Me. But yeah, I think we've got a yeah. uh, a good bow on this, man. I I wanted, like I said in the beginning, I wanted to have this podcast because. The story of two four seven really is interesting. It's not. If I wasn't involved, I would never know the things that you just said. I mean, it's not something that. I'm trying to think of the right way. I'm, I'm going to tell you. You don't put it out there, so I wanted to put it out there for yeah. you because I don't know if it's humility or what it is, but like you don't want people to know that. But like, it's a very important part of the story. So thank you for sharing that.
0: No, absolutely, and and, and just know that like this promotion, we're truly committed to. The the gyms, the fighters, and if you want an opportunity, we have built like a platform, and we have we are continuing to build a platform where if you want to make something of this, like let's do this together, let's run together, and we're super committed to every aspect of it. You know something
1: crazy, Ryan? What? Right before this podcast, we got verbal confirmation of another title fight for April. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I know that. So if you stuck around for this entire podcast, there's your nugget. There's your breaking news nugget. The
0: the nugget is someone that fought like a week ago in a card that we were in attendance at mm. is getting a title shot against an undefeated fighter.
2: Mm-hmm
0: at featherweight it's a banger
1: it's boom. an absolute banger boom shlack, shlack. let's go it's unsigned though it's so unsigned exactly that's why i said it's a verbal confirmation. we're gonna get those
0: contracts out and once they're come back signed we'll be like pow boom. how many fights have we announced do we know no idea can't even guess uh, did we announce how many this week so we announced one today. I've
1: been going every other day for a while. But have you?
0: Did we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Yeah. This week? Not this week. No. Yeah, I didn't think we did Monday. I didn't think we had three this week. I thought we. I, I took.
1: I, I I switched it because we had the Strip District meets uh, announcement. Let
0: me see. Oh, and I wanted to give a quick plug.
1: So we've announced ten fights.
0: We've been doing this. Um, we've been doing this for four years now. And you run across a lot of people. You do business with a lot of people. I want to s- give a certain shout out um, to Amber Harkle Road. Nice. Who Amber has literally so we, the DoubleTree is it? <laughs>
1: oh, that would have been bad. If it's the DoubleTree, it right?
0: Really it's the right. DoubleTree on <laughs> Racetrack Road, right? She works for the parent company for the DoubleTree and Racetrack Road, but. Amber has literally been one of the best people I've ever done business with. They are phenomenal. We put together a great deal. It should be great for everyone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: us and them. Um for hotels for our Meadows Meadows shows in 2023 and possibly beyond, like yep. if if the Meadows is willing to have us back. But Amber is one of the like sales managers or event managers or something. Um, but Amber has just been absolutely the best human being to work with. So huge shout out to Amber Harkel road. Um, we actually worked with her years ago when we first started out at Prince Cape arena at the uh, Homewood suites. That's where she was at the time. And now she's down at uh, racetrack road. She is phenomenal. That, Doubletree there is phenomenal. We can't wait to start this partnership. And the fighters will all be um, be staying there. So if you're coming in for the show on April 15th or even in October 21st, make sure you stay at the best hotel that Washington, PA, has ever known. Mm, yeah. The Doubletree nice. by Hilton.
1: Not only Not only a super nice hotel with all the amenities that you want, but Super easy walking distance from the meadows and the and the event center specifically. It's literally right over the hill. Yeah, you, it's right you, there.
0: You you walk like, yeah, yeah I'm here. Yep. <laughs> okay. I wanted to go to the casino. I'm in my hotel room. Oh, now uh, I'm in the. Casino. I'm here.
1: I'm in the casino. Yeah.
0: Cool. So it's right there. It's right next to sheets. Yep. And so like yeah, for every- those
1: drunken three a.m. sheets runs, you listen, need it. You gotta listen,
0: have it. Listen, you're gonna rehydrate after if fight or before a fight. After your weigh-ins, rather, <laughs> and and like you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be like, oh man, I need more fluid. Exactly. Sheets. Sheets. Although they're not a sponsor, so that's true. Sheets doesn't sponsor us. But Double they Tree, or GetGo, or GetGo. Hey, we, need, get we, need, today. we need a convenience store. Hmm, we kind of do. That's that's all the right, next right. that's the I'm next challenge. It. I'm on the case.
1: I'm on the case. On that note. I, I'm going to end with this. A big part of we've talked about Omo shutting down two four seven the the ride the roller coaster oh, that it's been
0: the crying on the bed the crying Five on the person bed person family sobbing like hysterically. All of our
1: sponsors help us keep going immensely too. We we didn't give them a proper shot. We talk about the loan from from the government, but. Sponsors helping us is equally valuable,
0: man, and more actually. Yeah, those guys have stuck with us, man. Yeah, we were like, "Oh, we have a show." Oh, wait, you just gave us a bunch of money to have shows, and now we don't have shows anymore. And like, none of them were like,
1: "Yeah, well, I'm we out want our Money exactly. back. Yep. How awesome freaking is huge, that? dude! I mean, we were just talking to Sunny Days, and they're like, "We sponsored the very first show, and still in it, bro."
0: And 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 like. We love sunny days, like... The best. Literally, if you want a company that has the best people and have the best motivations and are growing like crazy, and you need in-home care for your family or or for a family member, like, there's no choice other than sunny days.
1: What? Like... As an industry, what other industry would you want the best people? Help? Like that is a very sensitive, intimate industry. You need good people yeah. in that industry, so they're yeah, they're the best,
0: the it? absolute best.
1: So thank you, John,
0: guys. Nick. We love you guys. Yes, thank you for all of you on do this podcast,
1: and thank you for everybody who uh, has supported us throughout everything. Like I said, I've. I'm a very small part of the 247 journey right now. This was Ryan's baby. This was Ryan's.
0: More Hunter.
1: More Hunter coming in 2023 and beyond, Some More Hunter. Hope you, got, you guys are ready for this mug right here coming at you more, baby. By request. <laughs> by <laughs> request, we're
0: giving more Hunter.
1: Danny Fong did the, the, the joke snare, the drum. That was nice. For yeah, you face. need to switch for that up. Face, Good job. That's awesome. But, yeah, thank you guys for watching. This was a crazy story. Like I said, Ryan, I, I've known parts of it. There was some new stuff to me, too, so that was cool. But he doesn't talk about it a lot. He doesn't toot his own horn a lot. Very humble where that's concerned. But the journey's crazy, and uh, to the bigger point, we're, we're just getting started, man. It really feels that way.
0: Great things are coming. Great. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll See you guys later. Thanks, <laughs>